Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay, where we look at international football. And of course, this weekend, a full slate, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Nations League action. On Thursday, Costa Rica will be at Curaçao, Honduras at Martinique. I don't see a problem for either one of the visiting teams in those matches. However, Friday is the one that's in the spotlight right now because the U.S. men's national team is not only looking for a big win, they're looking for a little bit of revenge. Last month, October 15th, they went up to Canada to play the Canadians in a Nations League match. They played in Toronto at BMO Stadium. The Canadians thoroughly trounced the Americans, actually embarrassed them, by a score of 2-0. Well, the U.S. national team has been working hard and preparing for this encounter. They played this Friday at Exploria Stadium in Orlando. 7 o'clock Eastern time is kickoff. ESPN2. Then after the game, the U.S. men's national team will be heading off to the Cayman Islands. That's where they will play Cuba on Wednesday. Hopefully, if the result is good uh, with the Canada in Exploria Stadium, then they can use that uh, Cuban game in the Cayman Islands for a warm-up for following matches in the um, Nations League. USA has to come out Friday night like the Canadians came out in their game in Toronto last month. That eventually led to that very embarrassing result. And the first touch in the midfield needs to be more controlled. That was one thing that was really bad in the Canadian game up in Toronto. Also, passing out of the back needs to be more precise. I'm sure that Coach Greg Burkhalter has touched on those points, as well as some other things that need to be addressed before they can actually manhandle Canada like they should be able to Friday night. Now, also Friday night during the uh, U.S.-Canada game, we could see the debut of 19-year-old Serginho Dest. If you haven't heard of this young man, he is really something. He's been playing for Ajax in the Dutch League. He is of Dutch-American uh, descent. His father is of Suriname-American descent, so therefore he was given the opportunity to either decide to play for the Dutch national team or the American national team. He decided late in October to play for the USA national team, and he is committed to them for the rest of his life. So uh, we should be using this guy on a regular basis. Everybody out of Ajax says this guy is the real deal. So 19-year-old Serginho Dash should be making a debut, hopefully, against Canada for the U.S. national team. Look forward to that. Hopefully should be exciting. Now, after the game on Friday between U.S. and Canada, uh, Panama will be playing in Mexico for another Nations League action game. And then on Saturday... Guatemala is going to host Puerto Rico, and El Salvador will be hosting Montserrat. I don't see a problem for any of those host teams in those matches. There are a total of five matches overall Saturday for Nations League action. Then Sunday, Costa Rica and Honduras will both have home games for Nations League action. Moving on now to the Under-17 World Cup um, tournament, which has been going on down in Brazil. And boy, what a tournament it's been. A lot of great talent on display. The semifinals will be Thursday, beginning at 2.30 Eastern time. Mexico will play the Netherlands. And then after that, France will play the home team, Brazil. Both games will be on Fox Sports 2, again, starting at 2.30 Eastern time. For the Spanish-speaking audience, both games will be televised live on Telemundo. Now, how did we get to this point in the Under-17 World Cup? 
Well, Netherlands in the quarterfinals manhandled Paraguay 4-1, to while Mexico, in somewhat of a shocker, shut out South Korea one to nothing. It was France over Spain 6-1 to in a score that kind of shocked some people, while Brazil shut out Italy 2-0 in a very clean, well-done game, Brazilian style. Now, the winner of the Mexico-Netherlands-France-Brazil game will play in the finals. That will be Sunday at 5 o'clock Eastern on Fox Sports 2. The World Cup, under-17 World Cup, that is, down in Brazil, has been a great tournament. The Brazilians, once again, have put on uh, a great soccer tournament, and uh, hats off to them for the job well done. Looking at other friendlies and soccer action going on around the world on Friday, Brazil is going to play Argentina. Now, before you get too excited and say, well, which city are they going to play in? Which country are they going to play in? Is everybody going to be all right? And blah, blah, blah. This game is not even going to take place in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, this game will take place in the Middle East. It will be played in Saudi Arabia. Yep, downtown Riyadh, King Saud Stadium. The game is at 12 noon. It will be on BN Sport. Trust me, when Brazil and Argentina get together, I don't care if they call it a friendly or not. It's not a friendly. Another game of note that's going to be going on on Friday, Hungary has decided to celebrate the reopening of their new new, uh, Puskas Arena in downtown Budapest by inviting the national team of Uruguay to play there. So you'll have a game on Friday in Budapest between Hungary and Uruguay. Now, uh, Puskas Arena, back when Hungary was behind the Iron Curtain, used to be one of the larger soccer stadiums in the world, holding about 100,000 people. Well, they've kind of reshaped it, revamped it, made it a little more modern, now holds about 70,000, and they're going to reopen and rededicate it. And so Hungary will play Uruguay on Friday in Budapest. Other friendlies of note on Friday, Qatar will be hosting Singapore. Estonia will travel to Ukraine. Bulgaria will host Paraguay. New Zealand's going to travel to Ireland. Ecuador will be hosting Trinidad and Tobago. And then here's a friendly of note, but it's not really a friendly, folks. I can tell you right now, Peru is going to play Colombia in Lima. That should be interesting indeed. Moving on to Euro qualifying, uh, several games on Thursday that have some rather uh, important implications. However, ESPN2 has decided not to to televise one of those games that's important. They're going to show Turkey and Iceland at Istanbul. Okay, uh, whatever. Uh, ESPN2, 12 noon Eastern, should be an entertaining game. You know, the Icelanders have always made a good showing, and the Turks are looking to... uh, make a statement. So Turkey will be hosting Iceland. That's on Thursday. Euro qualifying, 12 noon ESPN2. England will be hosting Montenegro in a very important game for Group A. Czech Republic and Kosovo will play in Prague. The winner of that game will probably move on with England out of Group A. Serbia will be hosting Luxembourg. Portugal will be hosting Lithuania. Moldova will travel to France, and Andorra is going to travel to Albania. Looking at the Euro qualifying standings, of course, we talked about Group A just a moment ago with England, Czech Republic, and Kosovo all there together. Now, in Group B, you've got Ukraine, who are undefeated at 6-0-1 with 19 points, then Portugal with 11, but Serbia is right behind them at 10. Serbia's got two games left, one with Luxembourg and one with Ukraine, which could be a problem for them. 
Portugal has got Luxembourg and Lithuania, the bottom of the group, left in their games. So it looks like Portugal should hang on and move through Group B as the second-place team. But Portugal is going to have to play very good soccer and show that they deserve to win those two games. Lithuania and Luxembourg, while they may be easy, they're not pushovers, so Portugal is going to have to play their A game. Serbia is going to have to come into the Ukraine game with the last game of the round and uh, act like they need to play uh, for desperation. Group C, Netherlands, Germany, 15 points apiece, then Northern Ireland at 12 points. Well, we've got an important game in Belfast on uh, the 16th when Netherlands will travel there to play Northern Ireland. That will be a very important game, and you can bet that that stadium in Belfast will be packed to the rafters. Germany is going to play in Northern Ireland, or rather Germany will host Northern Ireland on the 19th. So the Northern Irelanders have got a uh, rather dutiful two games left to play, and they are going to have to play some good, good football. In Group D, Ireland is at 12 points, Denmark also at 12 points, and then Switzerland at 11. Now, on the 18th, Denmark will play at Dublin, which uh, will be an interesting match, and Switzerland has got Georgia and Gibraltar left in their games. So if Denmark falters in either one of their games, the Swiss could move up into second place and go through in Group D along with Ireland. In Group E, we've got Croatia with 14 points, while Slovakia and Hungary are behind them. Now, Hungary is currently sitting on 12 points, Slovakia on 10 points, and there's a game on the 16th. Uh, Croatia and Slovakia will be playing in Zagreb, and I can tell you right now that the Croatian fans will show up there in droves because they support their national team very well. So that's in Group E. Group F, Spain, 20 points, Sweden, 15, Romania, 14, Norway, 11. Now, in this particular situation, Norway, who sits down on 11 points, has Faroe Islands and Malta for their last two games, which will be coming up in the end of the month. And uh, these are two teams, obviously, that Norway can beat. However, if Norway doesn't play the way they're supposed to, they may find themselves in a tie or a desperate situation. But if they can win those two games, then there's a very important game coming up for uh, Sweden, and it's going to be at Bucharest on the 15th. And then Spain will play Romania on the 18th. So we could have some changing of the guard there in that second and third place position in Group F. And possibly um, Norway could sneak up and go into second place in Group F and get out of the group. But we will have to see how those games all play out. Group G, Poland with 19 points, Austria 16. Austria has made a good showing. Three teams after Austria in that Group G all ended up with 11 points, North Macedonia, Slovenia, and Israel. Then in Group H, Turkey, 19 points, France, 19 points. Those two will go through out of Group H. Iceland came up short with 15 points. In Group I, Belgium, 24 points, Russia, 21. Those two uh, teams made a pretty much a massacre of Group I because Cyprus, Scotland, Kazakhstan, and San Marino really didn't do much and we're not able to, as a matter of fact. Uh, Group J, Italy. The Italians played very, very well in qualifying. They came in with 24 points. They still have two games left, obviously, and so do the Finns uh, at 15 points. But Italy and Finland are so far ahead that they will definitely go through and go out of the group into the next round. Africa Cup of Nations coming up. 
Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. There's more qualifying going on there. Uh, two games of note on Thursday. There are seven games in total, but two games of note. Egypt will be hosting Kenya. South Africa will be at Ghana. Boy, that team from Ghana is just so fast. You've got to play good soccer against them because they will run you out of the stadium. The South Africans have a good team. Uh, it's going to be a test for them. Again, South Africa at Ghana, while Egypt will be hosting Kenya. That's Thursday, seven games total, Africa Cup of Nations qualifying. Now on Friday, four games on tap in Africa Cup of Nations qualifying. Two games of note, Morocco will be playing Mauritania, while Tunisia will be hosting Libya. Then on Saturday, a couple of games, but one game of note, Cote d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast, will be hosting Niger. Looking at Champions League now. Group stage will end on December the 11th in Champions League. In Group A, PSG and Club Bruges are looking to go through. Group B, Bayern Munich and Red Star Belgrade are looking to go through. Group C shows Man City and Dynamo Zagreb looking good. Group D, Juventus and Atletico Madrid looking good, while Locomotive Moscow was one point behind Atletico Madrid, but I don't see a problem with Atletico Madrid going through from that second spot. Group E, Napoli, Liverpool, one and two. Red Bull Salzburg tied with Liverpool, so we could uh, find out here in the next uh, few weeks with the final games of uh, qualifying group action if uh, Red, Bull, Red Bull Salzburg can knock Liverpool out of there. Right now, of course, Liverpool on top of the English Premier League. In Group F, Bayern, uh, Borussia Dortmund and Barcelona are looking good. Group G, Zenit St. Petersburg and Lyon with Leipzig one point behind in Group G behind Lyon. Uh, Leipzig is a good team. Uh, again, they've got a very important match coming up, and we'll see what happens with there. Group H, Ajax and Valencia are looking good. Uh, Chelsea is tied with Valencia, but Chelsea, of course, has got some potent players. They may be able to sneak up and take the, the second place of Group H away from Valencia. Speaking of Spanish soccer, if you haven't already heard, uh, the España Supercopa is taking on a somewhat new look. A new format of the Spanish Supercopa will soon take place with the Spanish Football Federation is including two more teams in a four-team format which will be played in Saudi Arabia, not in Spain. Along with Real Madrid and Barcelona, they would also have Valencia, who is currently the Copa del Rey champs, along with Atletico Madrid, the La Liga runner-up. The draw was held on Monday. First fixture will be January the 8th. That's Real Madrid will play Valencia in Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. Then on the ninth, Barcelona will play Atletico Madrid. Then the final between the two winners will be held on January the 12th. Now, of course, a trophy is not just what each team is seeking in this tournament. There is a good amount of cash as well. Gee, imagine that. The winner of the 14 tournament, after bonuses, could possibly come away with about $12 million. That's a nice piece of chunk of change indeed. Thanks again for tuning in to Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay. I'd like to thank Lauren McClay, my daughter, for her technical help with this program. I'd like to thank my son, D.C. McClay, for his ideas. Don't let your life have too many yellow cards. <laughs>